Welcome to our final interview for the Hyde Park Jazz Festival. I'm here with Tim Fitzgerald. Let's just jump right into it. So, Tim, what prompted your interest in jazz? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, uh, my cousin actually led me down a path. Uh, music was everything to me, of course, right? for so many of us, musicians or not. And uh, I was really captivated by, but I was listening to pop, a lot of pop music, but there was a certain, like, uh, like Paul Simon's There Goes Ryman Simon. You know, it's like there was something about that sound. What was it? Obviously, Paul Simon had contract, contracted many uh, gospel musicians and Grady Tate was on there, but there was something about that sound. I want that. And then I started listening to ZZ Top a million years ago. And I was like, what's going on? What is that? And my cousin was very knowledgeable. He was a writer. And he said, well, okay, that's great that you like these things. Let's see where they come from. And so it's like, okay, you like ZZ Top? Have you heard of Albert King? No. Let's go there. Hey, where did Albert King come from? Then we went to country blues and delta blues, and, went to, and we went all over. And then um, over time, I was a blues fanatic, listening obsessively, not really playing too much. I didn't think that I could do it. I just loved it, and I wanted to just live in it. And slowly but surely, that led to uh, I, I discovered Wes Montgomery. And really, the rest was history. It's like, okay, this, I have to get close to this. What, what, is, what are these sounds? I love it so much. And I read that your record, Tim Fitzgerald's Full House, is actually a love letter to Les Montgomery. Yes. As you say. Um, so what makes him a hero to you? Well, you know, there's a lot about Wes. I mean, when I remember, literally remember putting on my first Wes record, and there was just, there was something so warm and, and playful and soulful, and it was, there was a certain charisma that brought me, just, and just on the record, just dropping the needle on the record, hearing these lines. And a few years after, after that, um, way back in the time of VHS uh, cassettes, they're passing around these. We're passing around these cassettes of, uh, of different guitarists. You know, there's there's more like the I think it was called Legends of Jazz Guitar, volumes one and two. But I think, it, but it wasn't. It was like a, some sort of collection. And I'm like, oh, that's what Barney Kessel is like. Oh, there's you know, and there were clips of Wes. And when I saw him play, I was done because all those lines were there. Uh, just, you know, sneaking, clever, cool, soulful, bluesy, but they're sophisticated too, like everything. And he would do it with uh, a smile on his face. You know, he would do it, he'd look over at his bandmate, like, you know, did you hear that? Oh, I heard you. It, it was, it had so, it, basically everything that I heard in those lines was personified in, uh, visually for me, or personified in him, but it was, there was, there was no, it wasn't like he was one way and the lines were the other. It was all the same. And I was like, okay, that's it. I mean, that's 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 what I want to get. I want to get close to that, you know, and try and become a, a part of this somehow. I have to. I have to connect with this. Yeah. And would you say aspects of his music have influenced yours? Oh, great. I think um, you know, it's a big question about because one thing I did with the record and this project. Actually, the project is more than just a record. It's, it's really kind of this record was a culmination of, of a 15-year project, actually. Started with that video. Started with watching him. Um, you, you know, sometimes people mention that to me that I don't, um, you know, I, I, I don't sound anything like Wes. And I, first of all, I, I couldn't. I mean, that's really unachievable to like become. It would never sound as good as him. But it's so I can't. But also, I really I think the best way to honor our heroes is to learn from them, study them, feel them, appreciate them, and then honor them by 
turning it into our own thing. So 100% yes, he's influenced me massively. But, um, right, but, I don't, but it's not, but at no point do I want to try and sound like him. Right, right. I think, that makes sense. Yeah, you might hear that from other, I think a lot of us have that, have that goal. Like, okay, we want to still be ourselves, but, but in, in a tradition or, and it just, it's, it sort of just feeds what we want to do. It feeds us, you know. It's an incredible gift uh, he and all these jazz masters left for, and, and, and the current jazz masters that they're giving to all of us, you know. Very lucky. And in terms of your own musical style, are there elements that you're proud of, like unique elements, you think? Or <laughs> That's a great question. Um, you know, it's really nice now when I, when I hear something and I say, oh yeah, because I, I, I hear my record more than I would normally. Because I'm just you know whether at a at a at a club and they play it or there or they talk about it. I don't you know don't listen to my own stuff. Of course, when you're recording it, of course you listen like crazy to try and fine tune. And but once it's done, I'm not listening to it. But so I have been, but I have heard it a bunch in this past year since this came out. And and I I I do feel happy when I hear something I recognize as as mine. You know, it's like oh yeah, that's oh that's oh I love that line. Oh, that's my line. So I think. Um, it's a little bit of language. It's the I've got you know the language has a little bit of a personal spin. You know, not, it's not radically different than you know than my heroes, of course. But it's a li- but it's a different. It's, it's an amalgamation. It's an amalgamation of all the things that I love going to those lines. And so when I hear those lines, yeah, I'm a little. I, it's, it's, I don't know if it's exactly pride, but I, it's a it's nice to recognize it. I'm like, oh yeah, I heard. Yeah, oh yeah, I like that one. That's me. And I guess to that end, is there? a message that you try to convey with your music? Or messages? Uh, laughing because it sounds... So I, when I played the Chicago Jazz Fest this year, I was driving down, and I was, you know, and it was it was bike the drive this year, so I couldn't, you know, I live in uh, Rogers Park on the nor- far north side, couldn't take the normal way down, so I had to take an extra long drive around. And, uh, I remember I went through all the tunes, all the tempos, and good. I started, and I was just, and I started to get really. Uh, I went into. It's gonna sound so funny, but I started. Just, I was so grateful that I get to put love into my hands that go in that goes into the guitar. It sounds so corny, but it's just love from hands to guitar to the people, and I was. And I'm, I, was thinking, I was thinking about that the whole way down. And I remember I got on stage and just like, boy, this is, I just felt a little, act, you know, because there's always a certain feeling of openness or rawness when you're really playing from the heart. And um, it's just more than ever, I just felt really lucky to be like, oh, I get to, I get to give this. So isn't that, isn't that corny? But it's really true. I felt no, I really, think it's profound. I, I, it was a kind of profound moment. It's been, yeah, a lot of nice things are happening these days. <laughs> That's great. So I guess switching gears a bit, um, what brings you to the Hyde Park uh, Jazz Festival? Do you oh. have any connection to Chicago outside of it? Sure. I mean, I love oh, I love this festival. I mean, this is uh, they do an amazing job curating this festival. I love so many aspects. First of all, I just love the programming in general. Like every year I come down, I hear great things. Period. And then also, it's so cool the way they have all the different venues. Uh, I've played a few times as a side a side man, and this is the first time I've played here as a leader. But I love, you know, we played over in this lecture hall, we played at this theater, we played, and then uh, my trio, we played at the bank, which was gorgeous. I don't know what year it was built, but it is, I mean, it's like cathedral style. I mean, 
just visually, and actually, it's a, I was surprised it sounded really good. So I was expecting to be very washy because it's this giant, really elegant, I don't know, from whatever year, uh, lobby. and, and but, but they filled it with chairs, they filled it with body. It was, I loved it. So this festival really... It's notable for the for, for great the, like their their curation is fantastic and the and the diversity of the, the venues. Also, the folks that come, it's neighborhood. It's you know some of the other festivals. They're all great. I love every one of them. Sometimes they're a little more on the tourist side. Sometimes not. This one really feels like Chicago. It's like these are Chicago fans and jazz jazz people. You know, musicians and people just love jazz. So. It's this is a special festival for sure. How many years have you been uh, coming to this one? Well, it's funny. I feel. Let's see. Try to think back early. Man, maybe could it be fifteen years? Maybe it would be that long. I don't know how this festival's been going. Actually, do you know how long the festival's been going? I don't know. Let's see. What is it now? I'm trying to think of some early when I. Somewhere in the 2000s, I think I started coming. I don't know how long it was going before I started. I can't find out. Okay. 2000s. I think so. Yeah. If, that, if that's. I'm really racking my memory here. It's funny how t how the whole time thing has. Uh... <laughs> Sometimes I'll say, you know, you see some post-pandemic or whatever we are now, post-lockdown, you see someone. You think you saw them? Oh, yeah, I saw you last year. No, no, it's been five years. It's like, oh, right, right. <laughs> so, but it's quite a while been coming down. Now, um, you mentioned that this festival especially has a neighborhood feel to it. I'm curious if there are other aspects of the festival um, that you've noticed that are different from other places that you've played at. Neighborhood feel. Well, certainly, the, the, there, there's more to it with the diversity of venue because one thing at a big festival, and this is this is a big festival, but I mean, a big festival where there are only giant stages. And jazz can be, you know, that does the big stage is not really a great place necessarily for a, a solo, a solo act, just a you know, solo vibraphone. You know what I mean? Right. Oh no, but but they have a room for it here. They have a perfect place for it here. Or even what they're doing. Um, I think Kenny, Kenny Barron played. Was it last night or Friday night? Uh, and I remember hearing Randy Weston in the same. The was it the midnight slot or whatever that was, eleven p.m. or midnight. Just and it's so. It's just they've got the right size room. Oh yeah, last year I think I heard Jeff Parker at one of the I think it was last year at one of the churches play solo same thing this sort of thing wouldn't necessarily be right at let's even say downtown Pittsburgh Pavilion I mean I'm sure that would sound great too on that stage but how special is it to get up in a room you know in a, in a church with that seats you know or a lecture hall or something that seats a hundred you know you can really get up close so that's a special thing so I guess in terms of like other musicians that you you've worked with, how do you how do you decide who to collaborate with? Like, how, what goes into it? Yeah. Well, it's not only musicianship. That's for sure. Um, you know, chemistry. 
it, possibly chemistry above all. Is that possible? I mean, certainly we want. I want the top musicians that I can play with, of course. I mean, there's this thing about, I think, like, with, with so many pursuits, you want to surround yourself with people who are, whose skills far surpass your own. And that's always, I'm always trying to, I always call people who are fantastic, just fantastic musicians. They make me grow. But remember, this, for us, a, a huge part of this is communication. Yes, with the audience. Yes, I don't want to leave that out of the picture, but the primary form of communication is with each other on the bandstand. And, and you, you can't, you know, it's important that you have chemistry in order to communicate. There's a lot of, um, you know, <laughs> I was thinking about even just the certain amount of vulnerability you have to, to improvise and to really to take chances and to put your heart into something. And so if you, if you trust the people you're with. Now, that said, I know there are some amazing recordings and some bands where people hated each other you know famous recordings where Tony Williams hated George Coleman would have played, and, and it's and it's absolute genius some of the best music you've ever heard and it comes from a, there was a lot of tension um, so I don't want to say that that never happens but for what I'm trying to for what I'm trying to set up for myself is something where it's very trusting and people that I love that just bring the best out of me and, and hopefully vice versa so so I think that that sort of connection is, is big um, I feel really lucky with the, with the groups that I, the two groups that I lead are the Full House is the big group with the, um, that's the West Montgomery Project, that's with the seven of us, it's three horns. Uh, and then, but I, I play with the trio, I also play the trio quartet that I lead. I played trio uh, last night with, here at the, at the Hyde Park Fest. And, but with both groups, I really, I just trust the guys so, so much, you know. And, you know, sure, I mean, everything, trust them, if I needed to, here's my ATM card. You know that, like the like straight up practical trust, but also more importantly, the musical trust and the emotional trust that goes into it. And speaking of last night's performance, how did it go? Oh, loved it. It was so fun. Um, we were uh, so it was a full room, which was great, and I, that probably contributed to the room sounding so good because with the bodies and the the bank, the kind of all the reflections, it soaked it up. And it was just it was just a warm, warm crowd. They got it. They understood where we were. And uh, yeah, a bunch of, bought a bunch of CDs after. That's always nice. And lots of lots of new friends and some old friends. Yeah, very, very positive experience. It's great to hear. Um, so you brought up improvisation. As someone who's not musically inclined I would say I don't really play any instruments I'm curious how you approach improvising I feel like so we've interviewed you know a few other musicians right and I feel like every one of them approaches it differently what, how, do, how do you do it? <laughs> it's a big that, that's, that's a, there's a lot of ways to enter this to enter this answer yeah how do I approach improvisation well with the music that we're playing you know we there are there are certain structures that we all agree on ahead of time it's not. Uh, let's just. It's not completely free by any means. There are written tunes, written chord changes, uh, written form. That's where. That's our starting point. And what it's about for us is what we do with with it on any given day. Um, so, uh, and this is where the communication becomes so important. Like uh, playing with Tom Bates, uh, he plays both piano in the bigger group and he played organ in a small group yesterday. And we both, at this point, we kind of, we can either look at each other or just sense musically, 
when to go with those structures and when to go against them. You know, and it could be something as, as simple as a, a tag. You know, how we're, we're playing, we play a tune a certain way all the time, but play a phrase that sort of, we, we kind of both hear. It's like, ah, you know, let's tag it. Let's just tag. Let's stay here for a while. And so all of a sudden the, the form has changed. Because, but there's a certain sense of uh, intuition that you develop between musicians. So I think in terms of how do I approach it, the most important thing I start, how do I start a, the, the beginning approach or the, the entry point, how we, wh where are we going for, from, is communication. Not necessarily, hey, here's this thing that I've worked out, it sounds really cool, how about this? But how about, here's an idea, and what do you think? And, I, and, that, and then from there it develops. Mm -hmm. Obviously the soloist is leading that conversation, but it's certainly not monologue by any means. And what advice would you give to someone who wants to develop that intuition? So like for me, you know, I'm not, as I said, I'm not very musically inclined. Um, how, how would I go about that? What steps should I take? Listen to records? Or oh, 100%. Well, this is the, you know, very often, I don't know if you've heard this from other musicians as well, they talk about, they use the, lang uh, the metaphor of language for this music. Right. You know, um, and for any music, but for this idiom, there is a language that, um, that we're building on and you, you need to really learn a language in order to communicate with it. Now of course I'm not saying literally of course it's a metaphor but yes the listening to the records is absolutely huge. You're surrounded, if you think of that as being immersion and listening if you're trying to learn Spanish you're listening to Spanish television or you know radio just you need, you need to hear hear it in action constantly and then it starts to get in your head and percolate. and then there's also the figuring out so if you were going to pursue any given instrument you want to transcribe so literally take off from the record uh, if you're studying drums you're like oh wow that's a you listen to Philly Joe and he plays a certain snare drum and you're like oh I, I love, that's a big part of the language okay I'm going to I'm going to learn what that and you can think of metaphorically of that as a piece of vocabulary and so you learn that and then you try it out and of course you play it wrong just like a kid screws up the words all the time right it's, it's, doesn't you know subject verb agreement whatever it doesn't matter you just go and you're using it right away. So I would, so that would be yes, the records, the transcription, and then of course the using. You know, as you know, it's, it's an act. It, it is, it's active. So it would be getting with your buddies right away. And that's one of the great things about music school in general. There are a lot of a lot of problems with music school. I think we can all agree they're they're very far from perfect. But one of the great things is you get to be with other people of a similar skill level to start developing. If you, so what improvements would you make to music? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> I, I suppose it depends on, on the school, and there are so many great things. I don't want to say, like, oh, I don't think music school is, is bad by any means. Um, but sometimes maybe there's not as much um, emphasis on some of the things that, uh, like, well... Let's see, let me think about this. Sometimes there's not as much playing as there should be. It could be a little bit more theoretical than active. Um, and sometimes it's hard to, let me just give you a quick example. Like about a I remember in a theory class, when I, and I, side note to this, I started very late. So I found myself at music school, I had listened to more music than anyone in the class, by far, by far. I knew more records, I knew this, but I had, 
Conversely, I had played less than anybody in that musical. I was bottom. I was the worst player. So, and that, but that, that kind of sucks, by the way, because I knew I was bad and I knew how bad I was because I had listened to so much music. So that was kind of painful. But so first week, you know, theory class, week one, showed us a bunch of material. Wow, okay, fascinating, amazing, there's a lot to do. But the problem is you have to come back next week and the teacher has to teach you something again. And so I was like, wait a second, wait a second. I needed, I, I probably needed six months or a year on that first class. So I don't know if that's so much a problem with music school, that's a problem with my own preparation. I wasn't quite, you know, I wasn't ready at that point, but there I was. But there's one thing about that where it would, it would have been better to be a little bit on the more practice side, more playing, more ensemble playing, more, more playing, the more doing and the less talking. Um, it's also music school has changed a lot since I was young because now, at one point, you know, when I was younger, there were some great schools with great teachers, and but a lot of schools maybe not as much. You know, it wasn't where because I think a lot of the best musicians were were teaching too, but a lot were, were out there on the road. And now it seems like the top of the world are all teaching as well. So I want to you know I want to be very careful. Say oh I'm down on music school, not at all. I mean look at we've got the the best musicians in the world are teaching here. At, at UFC and, and, and all over. They're fantastic musicians. So nothing against any of those guys at all. I, so, and, and yeah, I would say that's for... Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess, what's in store um, for the rest of this year, for next year, or anything yeah. you're looking forward to? Oh, yeah, a bunch of good stuff. Um, so so the with the record... There have been some nice opportunities that have come from that. You know, I actually went to Istanbul recently, and I'd never been there, and played their played their club called Nardis, a small desk. We sold it out and had it's amazing. And I just love Istanbul. It was like the mix of the East and the West and the old and the new, and the, it was like it was, it was so fun. So we're um, gonna be heading back there in the, uh, in the late spring, to, and we're gonna uh, play in we play in a couple different regions in Turkey. Um, I'm actually just connected with this uh, magazine, um, this Korean magazine. They, they're doing a feature because of Wes's 100th anniversary, and they're interested in, in the book and the record and the concepts behind that record, which I'd love to talk to you about if, you want, if you're interested in that. And um, so they're going to tie that, hopefully, to um, some gigs in Korea. And then it's apparently they've got some connection in Japan. So, something, so there's something, and this will be later next year. Um, working on arrangements for the next Full House record right now. That first one took <laughs> it, it took so many years to get out, but I'm trying to com- trying to make it a, a much shorter time between the between now and the second record. So I'm working on that now. So some nice travel things and some nice recordings. That's great. Um, so do you want to speak to? You mentioned concepts behind the record. Oh yeah. So the the hook of the. One of the hooks of the West record, and I don't know if you know this about West Montgomery, um, one of the things he was famous for were these four-note chord solos. I don't know if you've heard about this. He would something, something called a chord solo, where instead of a single note line, he would actually solo with the whole chord. Uh, so multiple chords, which are generally four notes at a time, up and down the neck. Uh, it, it, he improvised these things. They are so clever, so swinging, very hard to play. And, and endless, just, just so many great ideas, so so cool. I love them so much. And so I had the, the idea to uh, extract some of those solos and put it on, 
instead of the four notes on the guitar, I've got hired three horns arranged. So it's a trumpet, tenor, and alto, and me in the front line. And what we'll do is we'll, as part of our improv- improvisations, we'll, some, we'll sometimes build to a climactic part of the song, which we call a soli, which is all four of us playing the West chord solo. So that's, part, that's one of the hooks of the record that we're playing West's chord solos. Um, we also, you know, rearranged what we call the heads or the melodies of the tunes. So there's, it's, um, it's, it's inspired by Wes all the way through, but we give lots of room for us to, uh, to do our own thing, but then to, to, which culminates in playing his chord solos. So for the guitar people that love Wes chord solos, it can be uh, kind of exciting to hear them put into horns. Wes is influenced by horns, influenced by the bassy band, influenced by uh, shout section, shout, shout choruses from great big bands. So it's sort of like the big band goes into Wes's playing, and then we're re-extracting it back into into horns, into a little, into a, a, a not a full big band, but a littler seven piece. So it's a little bit. That's one of the hooks of the record. I need to learn how to say this hook in less words. Though. I need to get it down. To, <laughs> that's not a very good elevator pitch, but. That's great. I, I thought it was great. Okay. Um, yes. Um, all right. So let's close with this question. It's a you know a good broad, but like if you could share a message to I don't know aspiring musicians, really anyone, yeah, anyone listening to this, what would it be? It can be about music. Wow. It can be about your journey. Really anything. Hmm. Well, there's so many, so many thoughts on this one. Um, when it comes to, maybe to, to narrow it down to one particular niche, for those uh, young musicians who are starting late and feel like they're so far behind, um, I want to tell them, I feel them, <laughs> I feel you, and if you can get through this pain of being behind, um, at least in my experience, it's very worth it. It's worth it to stick through that pain. It's okay to be behind when you're young. And, and, and no, it's okay to be where you are at any time. But it seemed like, you know, it, w- it was very easy to get down when I was, when I was young and, and just starting. Everyone else was, was, it seemed like everyone else in the world was so great at this, at this difficult pursuit. But I would say it's worth the, it, it's worth the pain and, uh, and it's okay. And keep going, because it gets it, 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 you can catch up, and it's and it also it doesn't matter if you catch up or not. Just express yourself. You know that's more important than anything is to is to express yourself. You know the start late, start early. I just want to say I would say to myself that don't worry, keep going. Don't worry. All right. With that, I think we'll end it. Thank you so okay, much. Okay. Thank you. What a pleasure to be here. It's great meeting you. You too. Hopefully we'll see you next year. I hope so. I'll, I'll certainly be here as, as, a, as a fan, if not playing, but I'll, I'll, yes, you will definitely see me around the Hyde Park Jazz Fest a lot.